Welcome to Money and Taxes from BB to XYZ, the podcast where we break down a financial issue as it affects each generation. I'm Jason Spessner, certified financial planner and enrolled agent. And I'm Regina Neenan, certified financial planner. Now, it's almost Valentine's Day, so we're talking about money and relationships today. And how often do you talk about money with your significant other? Well, I think that might have been a rhetorical question, but I seriously talk to my significant other, Zach, about money all the time. We literally did our budgets together last night for February because we got a little behind. But even though there was a gap between our budgeting, we still have money conversations pretty much every day about what we want to achieve financially or about whether we should make a big purchase that could affect our budgeting. And I am so proud of him because he can probably tell you like what he's saving for for his like 403B and his Roth IRA and how he's not going to spend any money out of his HSA and save that for retirement. So really, when I say that we talk about money all the time, I mean it. Now, yeah, you all have some pretty in-depth conversations about money. And I guess Casey and I may be on the other side of the spectrum where we have an understanding, we have and understand our roles and how we handle our household finances. And we've sort of taken on a different type of relationship with our money between our personal relationship. But things like, for example, if you're married, you're filing taxes together, or you you at least have to be on the same page if you're filing separately, which we have done in the past as well. So maybe you don't necessarily talk about money, but you communicate through a budgeting app, you share a bank account, maybe you monitor spending and understand kind of where things are at for certain items, or you work together even through a financial planning software. No matter where folks fall along that spectrum of daily money conversations to just knowing that you're on the same page and working toward the same goals with your significant other, we're going to break it down today with some money and relationships and share one topic that's kind of focused on each generation, but really that could span pretty much any of the generations. Oh, and we shouldn't forget about our very own Let's Get Fiscal Worksheet where we will guide you through a productive money conversation with your significant other. So check out the show notes for a link to download the Let's Get Fiscal Worksheet. How romantic. Yes. Well, let's dive into it with our baby boomers. And for some baby boomers, they might be starting some new relationships and maybe having some money conversations with a new significant other for the first time. Some common relationship situations that folks who fall into that generation may find themselves in are divorce. Maybe they are ready to uh, end a relationship and begin something new. Perhaps they are a widow or widower, or maybe they're just finding that first new relationship with full-on commitment after focusing on their career for so many years. Yeah. And so whatever the case, you may have a new circumstance where you have to talk with and communicate with someone new right in your life about money. So if you're remarrying, for example, perhaps something like a prenup or perhaps an understanding between the two of you that is more formal than just that conversation may make sense. If you are remarrying and also have family, grown children, grandchildren, and so on, your estate documents become a pretty critical piece of this money conversation and really setting that stage and understanding and talking with this new partner, this new significant other to make sure that you're on the same page about these things. I mean, that's hugely important. 
And maybe it makes sense to start with a professional in some level. Maybe it is one of you has a financial planner already, or you each have individual planners who you've been working with. Maybe you get together and meet with them so that they can kind of be your guide. Because when you think about it, baby boomers have lived long lives. If they're in this generation right now, they might have preconceived notions about how they prefer to talk about money, what they do and don't want to share at certain points of a relationship. And of course, this is true for pretty much anyone, anywhere along the generation spectrum. But you have to think that some of these might be a little more set in stone with a few more years in your life. Reggie, as you know, right, you don't have to be married to have a very productive and very useful sort of money arrangement with a partner or significant other. So even if you are maybe just cohabitating with someone or whatever the case may be, still this arrangement, this conversation and this understanding, it matters no matter kind of where your relationship status actually checks a box. Of course, you know, roommates later in life, that could even be a scenario where you want to make sure you understand the boundaries of the finances because even living with someone, you sometimes get intertwined with their finances, of course. Yeah. And we'll get into this a little bit more when we talk about Gen Zers, maybe those folks who are getting into their first committed relationship. But like we've already said, that first committed relationship can start anywhere in your life. But maybe it begins with something as simple as, you know, who's going to split the bill for date night? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Now, if we're moving into Gen X and we're starting to think about like, where does that conversation get different? Well, maybe that's talking about managing financial independence and how not having a regular paycheck all of a sudden will affect the day-to-day within your financial household. And what does that do, right? Of course, Reggie, for your budget and your cash flow plan. If you're moving into financial independence, you're eliminating or vastly reducing cash inflows into your cash flow plan. You really need to make sure you're on the same page with your significant other about outflows, especially if you've really intertwined your finances. You want to make sure that one of you is not spending too aggressively because you only have maybe a certain amount to rely on for the rest of your lives. But you also want to make sure that you're able to enjoy that, that you're not afraid to step out and spend the money that you've been saving for exactly this purpose. So it really makes sense to sit down, take a fresh look at your budget, understand where you're both at and what you both want to do. As we've said so many times throughout multiple episodes, things change. So what you've been planning might not actually affect you in the moment now when you're financially independent. And what you're doing when you are financially independent, right? What what sort of things you're exploring and what sort of hobbies maybe you're taking on or just what you're doing to bridge that time, right? Between your working years and your retirement years. These are all extremely important parts of this conversation so that the two of you, you and your partner, don't all of a sudden look around one day and say, well, we don't even understand one another from a financial or non-financial standpoint, right? It can really help to build your relationship, even on the non-financial side as well, to get that deep understanding and, and just know how you're going to be utilizing this tool, this resource that you have, your wealth, to enjoy your time together. And so, yeah, it's it's an extremely important part of everything within this conversation, and particularly if one spouse, for example, is retiring before the other. Yeah, you don't want animosity to grow between partners if one is working longer when the other has plans to retire a little bit earlier. That's especially true if there's an age gap between partners in a relationship. Maybe someone has always been planning to retire at a certain age. The other's always been planning to work a little bit longer. You don't want the working spouse to be like, well, hey, you're retired and you're spending all of my money. Like, what's happening here? So an even more important time in your life to be open and honest with communication. Totally. 
Now, what about wedding bells, right? What about the idea that you are getting married? Well, Jen, why? Perhaps you are getting married for the first time. Maybe you've been career focused and now all of a sudden it is time to start a family or just get married and settle down with someone. Probably a good idea to have these kind of conversations before those wedding bells ring. Like Casey and I did, we went through where we had our our most in-depth conversations about money. We did that prior to marriage and prior to you know tying the knot and really digging in on that commitment because there is a huge commitment when you're married to your partner financially. Yeah, you're legally committed. You're committed for tax purposes. You're going to be building this life together. You really want to make sure that your finances are where they need to be or that you're working toward getting them to where they need to be. And of course, combining them is totally optional, but you're probably going to intertwine your finances to some degree if you are getting married or if you are married or in a committed partnership. So make sure that you're doing things that work for you and your partner. And then as we've alluded to, there's also the tax angle. Jason, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what being married means tax-wise? Well, of course, there is the tax angle. And one of the things that's sort of overlooked because we just kind of take it for granted when we are married is that married filing jointly is actually the election that you're making to file jointly with your spouse. Now, when you are married on the last day of the tax year, you have to file married. But that joint versus separate part of it, that's the choice you're making there. And the default is separate. Being a married filing jointly taxpayer, you have sort of consented to the idea that you are going to benefit. You and your spouse will benefit from filing jointly. But it could change from year to year. And that's happened to Casey and I, where it has made more sense in one year to file separately and another to file jointly. So you really have to measure those benefits each year. And we do this for our clients all the time. In fact, every tax return that we do for a married couple, we look at what the married joint result is. And then, of course, the married separate result as well. And also consider this from the separation angle. Maybe you were married and you're ending a relationship and you're in Gen Y. You have to think, you know, was I still married as of December 31st? If my ex-partner and I plan to file taxes separately, we still need to be on the same page because we were married on the final day of the tax year. So we need to make sure that our married filing separately tax returns are going to work together. We're not both claiming the same things. Totally. And you have to be in communication. And you may even find this between spouses that are divorcing one year to the next, but they were married on the last day of the tax year. So they still are, right? Of course, married taxpayers for that year before. There's always going to have to be coordination there. There's always going to have to be sort of agreement. And that's something you should be working out within that, that separation within that divorce. So yeah, absolutely. Marriage brings with it great responsibility. Settling up your tax bill, not the least among them, for sure. Well, let's go back to our theme of love here with Valentine's Day around the corner and our Gen Zers. Maybe they are in their first committed relationship and they're just starting to find out how much they want to talk about money with this new person. I mean, if you think about it right, you're young, you are building this budding romantic relationship and all of a sudden someone asks about the credit card bill, it may not be the most romantic thing, right? So you sort of have to game plan how you're going to do this. And maybe it's going back to just the fundamentals of, you know, how do you split something as simple as the dinner check? Or maybe, you know, how, who's paying the, the utility bills? There's little things that you can do to take steps to sort of massage and work this conversation into your relationship. And of course, our Let's Get Fiscal worksheet can definitely help you with that as well. Yeah, we're not saying to uh, sit down at that first date and tell someone about your entire romantic history, your student loan bill balance, and all of the other intricacies of your financial lives. 
But you know, at some point in your in your relationship, you are going to want to talk to the person you love about money, about debt, about your goals. And one big time to think about that is engagement. If you're really getting serious, you're thinking about putting a ring on someone's finger or you've just received one on yours, it's really important to sit down, talk about your debts, talk about your expenses, your cash flow, how much you're making. You're going to have to get into all of these pieces of your financial lives if you want to meld finances and even if you don't. Reggie, I think you have come up with probably the next great reality show. Maybe we should pitch this to the network execs because I could totally see a great and super potentially uncomfortable show talking with your first budding romantic relationship, talking about your finances with them. We're not telling you to sit down with your next potential romantic partner and say, hey, here's all my baggage relationship, emotional, financial, take it or leave it. No, you can definitely ease into this. Start small, build on that. And as you get closer to those big life milestones like engagement, sit down and have that conversation about how deep you want to be in understanding of one another's finances and your goals. What do you want together? What do you want to achieve together through your life, through your relationship? Especially if you are considering moving closer to the big life milestone of marriage that we just talked about for our millennials. Totally. I dig it. Yeah. Let's get into today's takeaway. So the first one, and I think the most obvious, is communicate about money with your significant other. Talk or collaborate to get on the same page and just get that understanding between the two of you. And as I'm sure you will appreciate, Jason, a tech tool can always help you get there, whether it's a software or an app or even just a uh, communication tool like our fiscal worksheet to uh, get you on the same page. That's right. And hey, you know what? It's okay to keep things separate, individual, semi-combined, fully combined. It's up to you. So work with your significant other to find out what works best for you and in your relationship and your family. And today's takeaway number three, sharing is caring. Work with your significant other and financial planner to take your conversations beyond just your budget or who's paying for dinner and work on your financial goals as a couple. Now, if you have an idea for a future podcast episode or you want to tell us a little bit about how you and your significant other started talking about finances, reach out to us. You can email moneyandtaxes at podcast at fpfoco.com. And you'll also find that email in the show notes. This episode was written and produced by me, Jason Spessner, but the real star of the show is the next voice you'll hear. (laughs) That's me, Regina Neenan. I also edited the episode. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Happy Valentine's Day. Jason Spessner and Regina Neenan are investment advisor representatives of Financial Planning Fort Collins, a registered investment advisor. The information in this podcast is provided for general educational and entertainment purposes only. It may not apply to you or your specific circumstances and should not be considered financial, investment, or tax advice. 